You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next up on Destination Freedom. As the story goes, the legend of Papa's road to freedom was well known to troops he served with. They often told his tale over pipe smoke and campfire. Night before last, he led us right to a red munition stash. Probably saved a hundred lives. I still don't trust him. He could lead us to a battalion of them boys and watch the mayhem from the trees. Plus, I don't like him. He could, but he wants them dead much as we do. So he needs us as much as we need him. And I don't like him either. Welcome to Destination Freedom Black Radio Days podcast, a copyrighted program of No Credits Production, LLC. I'm producer-director, Donnie L. Betts. On this episode, Give Me Liberty, A Free Man's Story, a play of historical fiction written by John and Sidney Furtrell. The piece was inspired by real events, as described in genealogical documents preserved by John's mother. As the story goes, John's great-great-great-great-grandfather was Patrick Henry, the Patrick Henry whose famous quote, Give me liberty or give me death, inspired some before the American Revolutionary War. The story is decorated with prose, creativity, humor, and lived experience by the husband and wife writing team. Now, Give Me Liberty, A Free Man's Story. Part three. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I'll be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. During the second installment of Give Me Liberty, A Free Man's Story, Edna finished writing Patrick's return letter and sent it off to him in Vietnam. On her walk back home, she fell into a memory from her childhood. The Edna, fugitive from injustice story, wrapped her in the time her mother was arrested for wearing a fancy dress on a train platform. She remembered every detail of that story, down to how bad the sheriff's breath had smelled. It made her think about the heroes in her family. Patrick Henry, the runaway slave who found his freedom after throwing his slave master from a two-story balcony. Her father, a Tuskegee Airman, and a symbol of pride to an entire people. He achieved the impossible by daring to dream of a life above the clouds. Her own mother, 
stood her ground in the face of a bloodthirsty, murderous crowd, cuffed and imprisoned for the unforgivable crime of existing while black. A few weeks passed. Today has got to be the day. Today was the day that Edna was sure Patrick's next letter to her would arrive. It had been a full month since her letter had found its way halfway around the world. It has to be here today. She hurried her pace to make it home. She fumbled through her keys and dropped them in front of the door. Through the sliver of light at the bottom, she could see the shadow of envelopes. Mail had arrived. She stood to her feet and opened her door. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It had arrived in his handwriting, a letter addressed to her with exotic stamps stained from its travels. She didn't use her fingers. She had bought a letter opener specifically for this. She had anticipated his response as soon as he teased the second half of the story. Thoughts of Patrick Henry, Paw Paw, Blunt Stewart, and her own papa filled her mind. She slid the envelope free and let out a sigh of relief. <sighs> the folded papers may have well been the Old Testament. Patrick's stories had given her hope, something to believe in. She spent her days praying for a sign of better things to come, and time after time those prayers came unanswered, until Patrick Henry opened her eyes and heart to the possibility of faith. She held those papers like something holy. She unfolded the stack and began to read. Dear Aunt Edna, your letter couldn't have come at a better time. These are the hardest days I've known here, but thinking about Papa's stories has renewed my spirit to make it out of this. As I promised, I will share the rest of the story with you. You may be surprised to learn that not long after Papa took his first breath as a free man, he went off to fight in the Civil War. Before I start, I'd tell you if there was good news for me, but you'd probably know sooner than I would. There's only death here. Seems our people know it well. It's familiar. And for now, it will do as my only companion. Too many of my friends have met ungrateful ends. My clothes are stained with their blood. I carry their memories of their deaths with me. It's the heaviest part of my load. Papa gave me strength for this moment. Passed it down to me. And if I make it from here alive, it is only because a part of him lives within me. Runaway slaves and free folks, woman and man, would find themselves fighting for the Yanks during the Civil War. Free folks could be cooks, guards, doctors, spies, and scouts. Guess which one Papa was? If you said scout, you guess right. He knew all the best deer trails from Galveston to Fayetteville. He found a way to travel safely to freedom and more. He enlisted with the Union soldiers the first opportunity he had. His reputation had preceded him. With tales of the slave from Mississippi who threw his master off the balcony, they made their way to social circles in New York City. He was given rank in his own squad to lead missions into Confederate territory. They burned camps and ambushed entire regiments. They captured a Red Major near Fredericksburg. Pawpaw gave troops flanking positions and led them to drinking water. He led soldiers into battle, and I know a few of them stories. Come on now, boys. Just a little farther down the tree line. They were set to cut off the rebel reinforcements in Chattanooga, forming around our unit from Delaware. If the Rebs got the support they desperately needed, our boys would surely be slaughtered. There were black folks in that battalion, nurses and cooks. It's right across that field. He pointed off into the hazy distance. It was early on a day near fall, and the morning mist hadn't quite found its way yet. 
There was a loud silence throughout the valley, and each breath taken felt like a cannonball landing on target. Lieutenant, get your men up on that ridge to cover. Send a few troops down to ambush the rear wagons. Papa's words were taken at face value. No one else had as much experience in these woods. He'd eluded all forms of danger, including slave catchers, con men, Confederate soldiers, indigenous peoples, and the very land itself. This war is as much about slavery as a fart is to letting out steam. <laughs> Some say that Lincoln himself is part nigger, which is why he's trying to save his kind from perpetual servitude and misery. Others say that the life of one slave ain't worth the ten white men it takes to save them. This war has come at a heavy cost. Most missed the sound of the first shot. It made the Yanks look around in disbelief before the following shot, and then a hail of rifle fire. The sound of ricocheting pellets, wood cracking, and the screams of men echoed throughout the valley. When enough gunpowder gets in the air, it can burn the sense of smell right out of your nostrils. Papa had lost his ability to smell a long time ago. His hearing wasn't that great either. He often yelled when he spoke because he had no concept of volume. Those who didn't know him took his tone as commanding. But in all actuality, he was just speaking to be heard. Our people are often characterized as loud and boisterous. But we are still unheard. Even in our prayers. Papa took every opportunity to kill Rebs, no matter how dangerous the mission or how difficult the land. It's been said that he was a beast among soldiers, ruthless, stoic, and dutiful. Not for the country, as much as his own sense of purpose, as he had accepted he'd never know a life without a constant fight. He showed no mercy and forged ahead. This fight was different. There were consequences to the Rebs reinforcing their flanks. Supply chains through Chattanooga were crucial to the war efforts in Georgia. Atlanta must be taken. As the story goes, the legend of Papa's road to freedom was well known to troops he served with. They often told his tale over pipe smoke and campfire. Any nigger brave enough to throw his master off his own balcony is qualified enough to lead us to the gates of hell. He killed the dog that sent after him with his bare hands. He ain't like no other nigger I ever met, that's for sure. Night before last, he led us right to a red munition stash. Probably saved a hundred lives. I still don't trust him. He could lead us to a battalion of them boys and watch the mayhem from the trees. Plus, I don't like him. He could, but he wants them dead much as we do. So he needs us as much as we need him. And I don't like him either. Pawpaw found himself taking cover behind a moss-covered stone. He laid still while the gunfire raged above him. His breath was steady, but his heartbeat wasn't. He heard the crackling of leaves and the underbrush behind him. He knew the footsteps well. A hurried, yet measured stride. Scouts. They had come up from the clearing, and they weren't alone. Maybe four more covered their left flank, moving at a more determined pace. They planned on coming up behind the Union soldiers from behind the ridge. If they got the high ground, our boys would be exposed and their fate sealed. Papa gathered his thoughts and decided the best way to keep his troops alive would be to lead the Rebs away from the advantage they so desperately sought. He raised his rifle, 
cocked it with the lower part of his thumb, let out an audible exhale, and fired a shot right through the temple of the man at the lead. <laughs> Those rebs ran before his body hit the ground. Ambush! The men scattered, returning fire in the general direction of Pawpaw. But none of those shots were in any way a threat to him. He waited for a break in the melee and took off away from the ridge. He made sure they saw him in all his glory, the runaway slave, the ghost, Patrick Henry's nigger boy. He was impossible to miss. He was built like a bull. That's him. That's Patrick Henry. That's him. That's him. And then something strange happened. Instead of those soldiers pursuing him for pride, glory, and the bounty that the Confederates had put on his skinned hide for the great state of Mississippi, those boys ran off into the woods. Some froze right where they stood. The ones who remembered how their legs worked ran as far from Papa as they could. A Union commander brought a regiment around after hearing the initial gunfire, only to run into unarmed Rebs coming out of the forest with their arms raised and begging not to be shot. Papa had caused the capture of an entire Confederate regiment all by himself. It was him. It was the Black Ghost. Black Ghost wasn't a name that Papa fancied. In fact, he hated it. But since it struck so much fear into those Rebs, he played it up. The Rebs thought that only a ghost could know the woods as well as Papa did. Funny how the necessity associated with survival could be mistaken for something supernatural. But Papa enjoyed the terror he instilled. He wanted the Rebs to feel just a taste of what he and his people had felt, so he relished it. While captured Confederates awaited their fate, ironically shackled together like those souls they meant to keep in bondage, Papa would lurk in the shadows, only allowing his silhouette to be seen and encouraging his legend to spread. Keep that demon away from us! He led more missions after that one. With each conflict, another myth of his ability carried on rebel lips. Some rebs believed that he was the devil himself. Others thought that he was a shapeshifter. Part bear, part nigger. Although he never got an official medal for any of the other battles that he won or lives saved, I've been told that a Union general named him in an address to the troops before Gettysburg. Gettysburg? Can you imagine? Being cut from the same cloth that inspired troops to fight for this country? Sure wish we had that here and now. Nightfall was the worst. It was the anticipation of flares and mortar shells, the occasional shadow through the tree line. Patrick never slept. At most, he rested his eyes. In those few moments, he imagined the first Patrick Henry of his name standing there on that balcony after tossing Massa off. How that must have felt to own his space and power. As Patrick looked to the sky, he felt a calming sense rush over him. It was like a hug on the inside. In a small place inside of his heart, he felt completely calm and free from worry. He could almost hear the birds. The breeze almost felt cool. It was almost a perfect day, a half a world away from anything familiar, ancient and angry, unwilling to give an inch to outsiders.
If he was at home, he'd have a cold beer and the radio on. He'd listen to Marvin or Al while his sister braided his hair. His friends would pick him up around eight and they would cruise around smoking pot until they had to get gas. A trip to the gas station was as much a part of the night as anything else. It was always packed with shiny cars and loud music, players and the like, gold chains and dark shades. He could almost smell the menthols in the air. He was dying for a pack of cools. The white boys smoked Marlboros and sometimes Patrick did too. They were his friends, the white boys. The shared experience of being stuck in the mess together ground down several layers of issues, preconceptions, and associations that would have probably kept him from speaking to any of these people back home. That worked both ways. He never wondered whether they'd stay in touch after the war. He didn't care. He only knew that in some messed up way, these men were his brothers in this particular context at this particular point in time. The commanding officers and the army itself didn't see it the same way. Patrick was more expendable to them, and no one would have stood up to call that injustice out. Not the men in his unit, no one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Patrick and his friends were steeled over. Numb. Cold. Being around death changes a person. A soul lost is a soul lost. Playing a part in the separation of a soul from its body, even if it's just as a witness forever tugs at the shirt tails of your empathy like an impatient child. Also, even if you don't know who died, a body is a body, especially if that body met an ungodly end. A burned body is like nothing you ever want to remember. You can't unsee it. Patrick once saw a sergeant catch his own vomit and swallow it at the sight of it. After the war, Pawpaw Patrick made his way west. By the time the war was over, so was the boom of the gold rush. But men were still looking for silver, marble, and all kinds of other minerals and riches to mine and make their fortunes on. He wanted in, so he traveled north first before heading out west to see the big cities. Going west felt right. His whole life, Pawpaw knew that north and east meant safety, the South meant death, or worst. But West? West always felt like hope, like staking a claim in the land and building a home. The West felt like an opportunity. The West felt like a fresh start. 
Patrick, writing his letter to Edna from his jungle hiding place, called for an extraction. He was hidden, but heavy fire was raining down all around him. He had to get to a clearing and away from all this heat. Patrick folded up his letter, put it in his front pocket, and ran. I'm coming out to a clearing! Northwest of the action! 10-4, lay low. We'll be there in five. As soon as Patrick made the call, two Viet Cong soldiers were in the clearing with him. They began firing. Patrick returned fire. He shot one of the men and the other ran back into the jungle. He knew he'd be surrounded soon. It was only a matter of minutes. Ah! I've been hit! Shot in his right leg, Patrick sees the blood pour out. I need a medic. I'm making my way to the tree line on the, on the southwest corner of the clearing. Affirmative. Lay low. 60 seconds. Over. Ten more Viet Cong troops entered the clearing as the chopper descended. They rained hellfire on the ship. Bullets ricocheted everywhere. The door gunner unleashed on them. They all went down. The medics grabbed Patrick and threw him onto a stretcher. The ship rolled up like it had barely ever touched down, and they were out of there on their way back to base. <laughs> hey, you guys look like crap. <laughs> you were bleeding out, brother. <laughs> Patrick, laid up in the military hospital, begins to complete his letter to Aunt Edna. The bullet went right through his leg and took a good amount of flesh with it, but not enough to discharge him and send him home. He thought about all the white boys he knew who had been discharged for far less. He would be back on his feet in a week or two, and his tour was six months from being over. He was alive, but stuck. He loved his Aunt Edna. And although he coped with his reality in Vietnam with a morbid sense of humor and wildly self-destructive habits, he respected the woman enough to spare her the pain that unloading his trauma would cause her, the pain that making bad jokes about the horror of war would make her feel. So he told her what he knew of their family stories because she appreciated them more than anyone else could or would. He was honest with her about most things, but his memories of Vietnam were his ruthless zombies to kill and bury on repeat forever and ever. Patrick barely kept his mind. He had nightmares when he slept, and what he saw when he was awake was sometimes worse. He was surrounded by death and state-sponsored evil. He was deteriorating physically and spiritually by the minute. He feared he'd become one of the undead. Being carried down the stairway to hell in the arms of the devil was simultaneously exhilarating and horrifying. Exhilarating because cheating death is inherently exhilarating. But everything else was horrifying. The sky was either pitch black or a smoggy pinkish orange. The air always smelled like rotten meat and fire. There was no escape and no relief ever. Not even momentarily. Flop sweat, muscle-clenching tension, and heart-piercing anger weighed on Patrick like a persistent boot on the chest. That feeling, though it varied in its intensity, never truly left him for the rest of his life. Patrick continues on with the rest of his letter. Oh, on, Edna. I am laid up in this hospital now after finishing this letter. I was injured out in the field, and I'm getting some much needed rest. 
I only have six months left on my tour, and it would sure be nice to sit down for dinner together and talk after this is all over. Like I said, Papa was headed up to the big cities up north after the war to stock up on supplies and visit with folks he knew before heading out west to make his fortune. He spent almost a year doing odd jobs and outfitting himself for the journey. He married my great-grandmother and convinced her to go too. They traveled in a caravan of mixed company by covered wagon. They were one of two black families in their party. Papa told stories from his life when they'd stopped for the night. He kept the group safe keeping watch over the wagon train and sleeping with one eye open. They were lucky to survive the nearly 2,000 mile journey. It took them almost six months. The story in the family is that Papa and great-grandmother settled down west of what is now Denver. There's a lot more to this story, but for this part of it, I'll just say they lived happily ever after. The young man, Patrick Henry VIII, who found these letters among his late grandmother's belongings, carefully stacked each letter and leafed through all the old family letters from his relatives. Most of them had long since passed, but a few were still living. He took a deep breath in and choked back tears at the great care his grandmother took for archiving their family's memories and heritage. He begrudgingly turned back to the task of clearing out his mother's attic there were crates upon crates of old papers and photos, unusable luggage, dusty artwork and clothes belonging to a cast of immediate and extended family. This mess was overwhelming, but he was grateful his mother finally took him up on his offer to help clean it up. Clearing away old possessions and chipping away at piles of things until they were manageable can be a deeply emotional process for all involved. He figured he'd set a goal of one year of slow incremental progress to get the attic to an orderly state. He spotted a large crate in the corner of the attic. Through the dust mites dancing in the sunlight shining in through the attic window, he slowly steps over, careful not to make the floorboards creak too much. The crate is wooden and clearly very old and nailed shut. Having come this far, he wedges an old garden trowel under the top of the crate and pulls. The wood splinters and cracks. Between the broken slats of wood, he can see that the box is full of silver bars. Stamped, 10 ounce, silver, 1875. I was born by the in a little tent and just like that old river I've been running ever since it's been a long long time coming but oh oh a change gonna come oh freedom You 
have just heard Destination Freedom Black Radio Day's production of Give Me Liberty, a free man story by John and Sidney Futro. The cast for Give Me Liberty was Don Randall, narrator, Gondia Johnson, Edna, John Futrell as Patrick, Kurt Soderstrom as Sheriff, Soldiers, and others, Danielle Betts as Papa and additional voices, Larie Edwards, theme singer, violinist, and additional vocals. The show was engineered, remixed, and co-produced by Maurice Smith. This series is based on Richard Durham's Destination Freedom, No Credits Productions, LLC, and Donnie L. Betts produces in the spirit of the original series, sharing the stories of Black, BIPOC, and Indigenous people. Subscribe to our podcast at Broadway Podcast Network, iTunes, Apple, Stitcher, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a comment. Follow us on Twitter at Donnie Betts, on Instagram, and on Facebook, hashtag No Credits Productions LLC. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.